This is Foul Players Radio, your podcast for arts, entertainment, and pop culture. Welcome. My name is Michael Spedden, your host. Every episode features fun, fascinating stories about people in the performing arts, actors, authors, dancers, writers, musicians, athletes, you name it. Folks who are center stage, backstage, on camera, or behind the scenes. Sit back and listen. Let's have some fun. Foul Players Radio is a proud production of the Foul Players Group and the official podcast of the Foul Players of Perryville. And welcome back again to Foul Players Radio, folks. This is our last show of the Halloween season, and we bring back Deborah Lamb to Foul Players Radio. We were excited to have her back on the show to discuss her latest projects and her favorite horror movies for Halloween. She's been up to lots of great and exciting things since our past meeting. She's always a pleasure to talk to, and she's got lots of neat stories. She's been working on lots of great things this past year. And um, she just was here to tell us about the many types of parts she enjoys playing. Not only horror, you know, she's done her share of horror, uh, but she's not only a horror actress. She has a real passion for Westerns, and she's done quite a few of those and a good number of other types of acting as well. She's always a fun guest, and we were glad to have her back. Um, Her website is thedebralam.com. Subscribe for free at www.foulplayersradio.com or listen wherever you find podcasts online. No matter what platform you listen on, you can help us greatly by giving us a fair review and a five-star rating. Also, be sure to visit our page on Patreon.com, www.patreon.com slash foulplayersradio. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The Foul Players of Perryville are back and have shows booked for the fall and winter of 2021 going into 2022. See our schedule on www.foulplayersofperryville.com. For bookings, we can be reached by phone at 443-600-0446 or by email at foulplayersperryville at yahoo.com. The Foul Players of Perryville will be appearing on November 21st and December 19th at the State Theater of Habit Grace. For tickets and showtime, see statetheaterofhdg.com. We'll be right back with Deborah Lamb. Folks, welcome back to Foul Players Radio. And uh, we're bringing back a guest that we had last year, actress Deborah Lamb. Uh, Deborah has come back uh, to talk about some things that she's been working on in the past year. She's done all kinds of films that. Um, are going to be available to be seen if they're not out already. And, um, you know, we're going to talk a little bit later about her favorite things to do around Halloween and maybe some horror movies she happens to enjoy that she's enjoyed over the years. So welcome back, Deborah. Great to see you. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. It's so great to be back. I, I had so much fun with you guys last year. I'm so pleased that you wanted me back, especially for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Thing is it's, you know, everyone's favorite holiday and, of course, mine too. And so we have, we'll have lots of fun. I find that people in the arts tend to gravitate more towards Halloween. Do you agree? I, I, well, I do agree with that. I, I really enjoy Christmas also, of course, Mm -hmm. but, but who doesn't love Halloween? Oh, absolutely. And then especially, I mean, of course there's wonderful Christmas movies that, that everybody watches every year, but Halloween, like, my husband and I just watched, uh, we were watching Sleepy Hollow with Johnny Depp last night. And, mm-hmm. and so some of these films that you don't use, there's some films that we save 
for mm-hmm. Halloween because they're just so much fun to watch during Halloween. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's great. That's great. So I was looking at your um, at your IMDb page, and I see that you were in a movie. It looks like it was in a 2021 called North Hollywood, and you played the part of a nun. <laughs> it was very small part. Okay. Yeah. And um, I know nuns can be pretty scary. Um, what was yours like? Yeah, it was very, a very small part. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Um, how about, mm-hmm. yeah, I was also looking at um, the, the deceased won't desist. Yes. Okay. That's a film that I worked on last year with mm-hmm. a good friend of mine, director Mark Pirro. Okay. And, and I had worked with him over 30 years ago on uh, a comedy called death row game show which is kind of a cult classic film mm-hmm. right it's right right really really funny uh and so um mark piero and i had lost track of each other but you know due to facebook it's a great way to reconnect with old friends you know we we we're connected again and um he's a great friend of mine we've hung out many many times and then this film came along uh the deceased won't desist i actually had in the beginning stages of the film i had a different role Uh but the actress that that he originally had in mind for the role i took over erica barnett um that actress was not available so i was able to you know be chauffeured into the larger role of uh the widow the golding widow erica barnett and so i really had a really great time playing that role and and uh so that film is actually finished and right now mark piero is um you can purchase the dvd and blu-ray copies from him directly on his website which is uh Paramount. Oh, sure. And, but he is going to be, it, it is in the process of being distributed. So I just, I'm waiting to find out what um, streaming platform it's going to be on, but it's, it's ready to go. Mm-hmm. Well, good, good, good. Well, we can't wait to see it. We definitely can't wait to see it. Another That's one that a, I'm. That one is a really funny murder mystery comedy. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. It's, it sounds like it by the title there. And, um, that's something that I do as a matter of fact, I own my own murder mystery company out here in Maryland and we perform in, um, Maryland and Pennsylvania, anywhere that, you know, we, uh, you know, can find a good room and, uh, trains and boats and that kind of thing. And it's a lot of fun. Have you ever done that kind of work before? You know, I came really close. Uh, Uh I had, there was a murder mystery comedy, theater group that wanted mm-hmm. me to join them and i was very tempted to do it but i just didn't have time because right. of my busy schedule working on films so i had to pass but it just seemed like a whole lot of fun oh it is it really is and um i, I know um do you have much have you done much improv or anything that's really a lot, what a lot of this is yeah yeah, I actually do come from an improv theater background. I was a part of this theater group called the Wild Side Theater, and the owner-director of that is um, a really brilliant actor named um, Sam Longoria, 
who I've kept in touch with. And yeah, that was a really fun group to be a part of. That was uh, back in the 90s, I believe. I believe it was somewhere around the North Hollywood area. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that was just such an excellent um, training ground uh, as an actor. You know, it's that if you can join an improv group and have that training, it's it, you know, it's wonderful to have. Oh, it sure is. It's a lot of fun, too. It's a lot of yeah. fun, too. And yeah. um, I love the spontaneity of it, because the thing is, is that you know, when you do those shows, the audience is never shy about putting their two cents in and um, to be able to uh, respond to that and you know keep the show going and keep the crowd into it and everything is it's definitely a special skill you need to have, you know, and yes. um, yeah. And, um, you know, and then too, you know, and some of the best lines in those shows, I think come up spontaneously as well. Um, especially when you get an audience member who wants to jump right in, you know, um, some <laughs> of the best things you can come up with usually happen around those times, you know? So, uh, so that's good. So you were talking, um, I was also looking on here too. There was another show called vampire or another production called vampire penance, the atonement of, of John Wolf, the atonement of John Wolf. Um, tell us a bit about that. Well, that, uh, the script is brilliant. It's written by John rain. Who's a mm-hmm. very dear friend of mine. It will also be directed by John rain. Mm-hmm. Uh, now there's, there's a, a little bit of a misinformation in IMDb because we haven't actually filmed it yet. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. We were, we were supposed to be filming it earlier this year, but there were a lot of delays, um, which has actually worked out for the best because the production has grown behind the scenes. And when we do film it, which will be next year sometime, the um, it's turn it 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 turned from being a l- really low budget um, film to a little bit bigger budget, a little bit bigger budget. Now it's a very big budget and we will have a couple of A-list actors attached. Oh, good. Good. Which I can't announce yet because contracts haven't been signed yet, but Mm -hmm. by the time we actually film it, um, it, it's, I mean, it's really morphed into a, a small little passion project into something much, much bigger. So, uh, now, next time I come on your show uh, again, I'll have a lot more to talk about that project because, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'll be able to disclose a lot of excitement. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. That's good. That's good. And, you know, and I understand how it is with that. You know, you've got to remain tight lipped until you're told not to or you're told that you don't have to. And yeah, yeah so you really got to watch that and everything. But um it's good to know that you know you've had these projects and everything and that um yeah. you know a lot of you've been able to really keep going through COVID, you know. I've noticed, you know, the last couple of years you've had, you know, quite a few titles that you've worked on and everything. So congratulations on that. Thank you very much. You yeah, know? last year it's so funny. The at the very beginning of the year um I was actually working on the deceased won't desist and another project, which was a fan film. Uh, it was called MIB. It's a men in black fan film. So uh, I was work. I was in right in the middle of working on both of those when COVID hit. So uh-huh. the deceased won't desist got put on hold 
Men in Black, we were supposed to shoot that next week. And then um, it, it that one was postponed. So, uh, you know, for the for a few months, everything was put off. But last year in August, everything started up again. All the films that were put on hold for a few months, they all kind of started up around the same time. So between the beginning of August of 2020 and November of 2020, I was literally working on one film after another, after another, after another, after another. I think mm-hmm. I worked on six different films within those few months. Boom, right. boom, 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 boom. It was, it was insane, but it was, mm-hmm. it was wonderful. Well, great, great. Have any of the films been going to any festivals or anything like that? Uh, being, being featured in film festivals or anything? Well, one of the films that I shot last year is called You Like to Draw with a question mark at the end. Mm-hmm. And that's directed by Todd Ernest Braley, who is also another very good friend of mine. I It's wonderful because I've been working with some very close friends of mine. And, and so the experience of working with people who you're close to is has been just wonderful. Mm-hmm. So we, we did that film last year. And just, um, I think it was September. Yes, September. So that was last month. Um, he had a little premiere, which I wasn't able to go to because I was actually working on location on another film, but I was planning on going to. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had a little premiere in Grand Junction, Colorado, where we shot it on location there. And so that film is is pretty much ready to go. He's, he's doing a, a few last minute touches to the film and then he is planning on putting it in a few select film festivals Mm -hmm. and he's working on distribution deals right now so i'm not sure when it'll be available but um now this this particular film is a wonderful heartfelt tearjerker family drama And it's a story about a young woman who's suffering from a traumatic brain injury from a car accident. Mm. And I play the mother of that young woman. And there's also a teenage sister, which would be my daughter. So um, uh, it's a it's a wonderful family film. Uh, There's a another role played by Trista Robinson, who's a good friend of mine, who plays a very crass. Um, caustic, um, busybody, pushy aunt. Mm-hmm. So the the story is basically all these family dynamics and other other um, uh, issues that the young woman with the traumatic brain injury is is facing, trying to be more independent. And so it's it's a really wonderful film, and it's one that I really really can't wait for people to see good 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 well that that's great to hear that's great to hear um it it seems like you know a lot of the film festivals are starting up again um there were a number of them that are over on the east coast that i know of that kind of went virtual last year where you could watch all the films online and everything but they're starting to open up again to where people can actually go out and visit you know a facility and sit down and watch a movie in a theater type setting and everything which is good and it looks like the cons are starting to come back too. all the horror cons and comic yeah. cons and all that. And um, I'm seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And um, it just seems like, you know, the, the, I tell you the people, you know, the, the various fandoms out there 
are just phenomenal are just mm-hmm. phenomenal you know um the people in there i mean sometimes you know um I, i've had a lot of people that have um followed me on twitter not like i know what i'm doing on twitter or anything i'm probably the biggest dork on twitter that's ever out there but since they saw me in gotham and they liked my character you know they've been following me on there and i tell you what you know these people that love Gotham or, you know, another one is like Star Trek where there seems to be like a huge community of fans. These people are just absolutely wonderful. It almost seems like they know more about my career than I do. You know? Wow. You know? So you're, I know that that show Gotham, you know, I have to admit, I haven't actually seen it, Yeah, but I know I've heard of it. Mm -hmm. So I didn't realize you were on it. Yes. Yes. I was on it. I had a part where, um, I was lucky to actually get that part. It was towards the end of shooting. I think I've, I was actually in the last episode filmed and the third to last that was aired. And I played a small part. I was a fellow by the name of Dale. I was one of the penguins henchmen and I ended up getting shot by, um, the ventriloquist. So, um, it was a fun part. It was really, um, a great experience. And, um, a couple of people saw me on Twitter and then they started following and you know they just would ask me a question once in a while and I'd talk to them nicely. And um, there's like a huge, huge group that uh, apparently Gotham was stopped prematurely. It was scheduled to go seven seasons and it went um, halfway into five and they are lobbying. And I tell you what, these folks are going absolutely viral with their pleas and their requests to any network that would pick up Gotham and finish the business, you know, finish the story. And, um, you know, it just goes to show you, um, you you never know when you do something that really means something to somebody, you know, um, you know, and, and I have all kinds of people on my show here and I'll just kind of, you know, won't go on about this, but there's so many different people because I have bands, I have all kinds of performers. I have people in film on television, radio, and, um, it really means something when you see people out there that really like something that you do. And like a lot of people out there tell me that play in bands, you know, they've had some people coming out to see them on their anniversary for 10, 15 years. You know, when you do something that makes, that becomes a part of somebody's routine, you know, or a tradition for somebody, it really means something, you know, it, it, it's, you know, very flattering to the person. And then also really means a lot that their, you know, work actually made a difference for somebody, you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, so, um, let me ask you this here, you know, you've done a couple of other, uh, films, you know, in the last couple of years, I think you had mentioned a Western. I did. I shot a Western last year, uh, called showdown in yesteryear and this this uh speaking of film festivals so showdown in yesteryear showdown in yesteryear is the feature film version of a film that my friend tim o'hearn directed and wrote it's a the door it's it's based on the door the door is a short film Mm -hmm. um starring um jeff grinnell who is also the star of Showdown in Yesteryear. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to give anything away because sure. that'll also give away the plot to <laughs> Showdown <laughs> yeah. in Yesteryear. Right. But he's been, the door has won uh, so many awards and I can't mm-hmm. name off the film festivals, but a lot of the film festivals 
our Western themed film festivals and then other film festivals as well. I know the door has been in a lot of film festivals over the past few years. And uh, like I said, it's won a lot of awards. So um, now I didn't know about the short film, The Door, when Tim approached me about Showdown in Yesteryear. But he did ask um, if I'd like to be involved. And I read the script. I thought it was wonderful. Um, So, but it is a fantasy Western and part of it um, takes place in present day, mm-hmm. and the other half of it, or the majority of it, takes place in the Old West. And so, uh, I really wanted to be in the in the part of the story that happens in the Old West, and we made that happen. So we shot that last year in a place called Dogwood Patched Pass. It's Dogwood Pass. And um, that's where they also shot the door, the short film version. So when he wanted to make a feature film version, he had a filmmaker who's also a brilliant writer. His name's Gregory Lamberson, who I haven't had the pleasure of working with yet myself, but we've been friends for many years. And so he wrote the feature film version of the script for Showdown in Yesteryear. Anyway, we shot it last year. That was another film that was uh, postponed for a little bit, but then we shot it last year in Ohio. Um, And so that one is in post-production right now, and I haven't seen any of it yet. So I'm really very anxious to, to get to see some of it finally. But Vernon Wells is also in it, and Jeff Grinnell, the star of The Doors, also starring as the same character and uh, it's a wonderful story so that one i don't know if it'll be out next year i'm kind of keeping my fingers crossed but mm-hmm. you know whenever whenever they get it ready yeah that is yeah. one of the films that i worked on last year yeah well that's great that's great so it sounds like you've been up to all kinds of things and everything and you know keeping it going through covid and everything else yeah. um I've, um, you know, I've gotten some work myself and um, it's really been um, interesting, you know, how the, they're, uh, you know, doing the, you know, going through all the COVID protocols and everything. Um, uh, you know, a couple of things where, you know, you finish saying something and immediately your mask goes right back on, you know, um, you know, production staff behind plexiglass, you know, they have a little spot for the camera to shoot through, but they're standing behind plexiglass, keeping distance and, all the things that people are doing to um, try to keep this awful disease you know, from spreading and everything and keeping their safe set and everything. Um, so um, I wanted to ask you here. So we're in Halloween season here. We're in Halloween season and Halloween seems to be the big holiday, especially for people in the performing arts. Everybody really seems to love it. You know, when you get a bunch of creative people, People really have come up with some awesome costumes, some awesome projects and things that are centered around Halloween. Um, Do you have any, are there any like favorite horror movies or anything you'd like to tell us about? Or, um, you know, tell us a bit about that, if you would. Um, Popular horror films or horror films that I've been in? (laughs) Well, ones that you've been in are great. Um, And then also ones that you enjoy watching, too. And and you well, can also tell us about the favorite ones that you've been in too. Well, one of the one of my favorite horror films that I was in starred Karen Black, 
And this was done in the early 1990s. It's called Evil Spirits. Mm -hmm. It stars Karen Black and Artie Johnson. And there's uh, actually quite a few notable character actors that are that is in it and virginia mayo who was a huge star in the 40s she was also in it but uh that one i i love that one oh michael berryman stars in that film as well and that is a lesser known film that i was in but it's a really good movie and uh, I, I'm always so happy when I found out that someone's actually seen it. I'm like, oh my God, you saw Evil Spirit. So that's that's one of my favorite ones. A couple other favorites of mine. There was a couple like horror comedies, like uh, The Invisible Maniac is very <laughs> funny, um, directed by Adam Rifkin. And uh, let's see, uh, in Beverly Hills Vamp, uh, mm-hmm. directed by Fred Olin Ray. So those are a few of the favorites that I was in. Yeah. Was that uh, with Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Deason was in that in Beverly Hills vamp. He was yeah. In yeah. Hills. Yeah. And um, I was actually in a couple films with him. So he's a really fun guy. He is. But, uh, let's see. And. Hmm. Oh, so earlier this year, I did a film that I'm looking forward to seeing when it, when it gets, you know, when it's completed. Yeah. It, it it's, um, it's not exactly, I wouldn't categorize it as a horror film. It's mm-hmm. it's more of a psychological thriller, but it is a vampire film. Although, did you ever see the Nicolas Cage um, film, Vampire's Kiss? I think so, yes. Yeah. You know, where he just thinks he's a vampire and then he ends up actually acting out his vampire fantasies. I believe so. I think it's been a while, but I think I have, yes. Well, um, in that one, he just turns out to be deranged. He's not really a vampire. So mm-hmm. in uh, so my friend Monty Light wrote and direct, directed uh, a Blood-Covered Chocolate. And the interesting thing about this film is it's in black and white. Mm-hmm. And there's certain scenes that are colored red, and there'll be certain scenes that are blue, and they, they symbolic. Sim- I can't talk. They're symbolic to what's going on in the story, but that is, it's a vampire story, but it's more of a psychological thriller because you you're taken along in this journey where you think one thing is happening and then you find out, no, wait, wait, is he, is he, wait, no, is he insane? What's wrong with him? Is he, does he have a mental disorder? And then at the very end, you're still left kind of scratching your head is like, okay, what, what just happened? (laughs) So I'm really looking forward to seeing that because I really loved the script. Um, So, but on to, on to some of my favorite horror films. Well, we've been watching, my husband and I have been watching, um, there's this channel that's been playing a lot of old, the old classic black and white mm-hmm. uh, horror films. So, you know, like The Mummy and Frankenstein and Son of Frankenstein and Wolfman. Mm-hmm. But one of my one of my favorite uh, horror films, it's The Wolfman with Benicio de Toro. Wait, wait, wait. No, I, I think I have the wrong actor. Who? It's Anthony Hopkins. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Emily Blunt. Yep. And is it Benicio de Toro or which? I think it was. I think it was. It was. Okay. So I love that one. 
Also, we were talking because, you know, Casper's been on Casper mm-hmm. with. Um, oh, gosh, I'm just having a hard time with names right now. Um, uh, you know, the girl that played Wednesday on the Adams family, Christina, oh, Ricky. Christina, Ricky. Yeah, mm-hmm. she also she did. We were trying to remember the name of this werewolf movie she did, which I really enjoyed. It's called. And then I remembered the name. It's called Cursed. Mm-hmm. So she she starred in this. A werewolf film that I really liked, and I was like, "Oh yeah, we got to watch Cursed again." And uh, there's a there's a few films that we like to watch every year. And um, oh, what's another one we were just we were going to watch? Uh, oh, I'm having trouble remembering. But one film that I'm I'm really anxious to see that I didn't see in the theaters, but but I rediscovered it. I'm like, oh. There's this movie I got to see. It's Dr. Sleep with Rebecca Ferguson. Hmm. There's, you know, of course, other stars in it, but it's, oh, um, Ian McGregor. And it's a like kind of a sequel to to um, The Shining. It, oh, it is okay. a sequel. It's a sequel to The Shining. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if you hadn't heard of it, it's called Dr. Sleep. It's only a couple years old. Hmm. And and so I really want to um, see that. I'm gonna we're gonna watch it, right? And, right. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, there's. I mean, there's. God, there's so many classic. I mean, The Shining, of course, is a classic, which I've seen many times. And mm-hmm. um, what's some of your favorite horror films? Oh wow, wow. Well, first of all, before I get into mine, I gotta tell you, what was Karen Black like? Because I absolutely love her. Everybody adores Karen Black. And, you know, of course, it's so sad that she left us yeah. way, too, way too early. She was oh, too, yeah. young, mm-hmm. too young. But she she was a doll. She was so nice to work with. Um, she was, I would say, uh, I guess, I mean, a little eccentric, maybe. I, that's not really the right word. Um, mm-hmm. She was unique. Yeah. I, and I can't put it into... Con, like a concrete story of what what made her unique or what made her interesting or different she just was her mannerism and just the way she spoke and just just her personality she she was really one of a kind and she was so talented really oh, talented we had we had this one scene at the very end of the film and i i don't want to say what it is because it'll give away the the twist in the plot mm-hmm. but um yeah we had we had this scene at the end which was a very emotional scene and and uh yeah and we did it like in one take and it was just a it was a beautiful scene and it was lovely and it was really really very special to get to work with her Hmm. Uh, she's just amazing you know and actually she's been in a couple of my favorites um i don't know if you ever saw one it was out in the mid-70s and i think it was actually a made-for-tv one it was called trilogy of terror Yes. And my favorite one, it was three, obviously a trilogy, three episodes, yeah. like a half hour long. The third one was my favorite. And that's got to be one of my favorites of all time is when um, somebody sent, doll. yeah, somebody sent her an African doll yeah, and it uh-huh. was uh, modeled after like a, some sort of a tribe's warrior right. and he had a little gold chain around his waist. And they said, never, ever remove the gold chain. Well, apparently it fell off or something while she was in the shower, right. of course. Right. You know, and then she gets chased and terrorized by this little doll who's like a foot tall. Yeah, and that was it was very well done. It was, it was. Yes. I mean, you, you know something you would think, and 
I don't want to say it like that, but um, that with that scenario, that had all the potential in the world to be a bad movie. But you know what? It wasn't. And it, that just goes to show you when you have good people working on something like that, they can make it, you know, you actually kind of fall into that story a bit and you actually feel for her and you mm-hmm. actually kind of, the, the, what's that? The suspension of disbelief, you know, yeah, um, yeah. you're actually in there with her and you're like, oh my God, oh God, here he comes. You know, you actually kind of fall into it. They're able to do that. I mean, there's you know been a number yeah. of them out there that I've seen where, um, it just, you know, it's just like, oh, geez, you know, um, but that one wasn't that one wasn't. And she actually did that. One of those Rob Zombie movies, too, which I really liked right. as well. Yeah. You know, um, really good in it. Um, so I, I, I've always liked her whenever I've seen her in something. I've always liked her. The House of a Thousand Corpses. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because the second the one after that was the Devil's Rejects. I think she may have passed away. In between those like movies, Do, does that think, sound right? I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, you're right. Because I think for the second one, they actually brought in, if I'm not mistaken, was it the actress that played Lana on Three's Company? I can't remember her name. Oh, um, Pamela, Pamela, Pamela. Oh God, what's her last name? I know her. I mean, I, I've, I, I just saw her a couple years ago at a yeah. birthday party. Um, I think yeah. they may have, I think she was in the second one, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but, she, was um, in the, she was in the second one. Yeah, but she yeah, the Devil's she Rejects. Didn't play, she didn't play the same role that Karen Black played. She she was a victim. She was totally different. Okay, role. okay. Yeah, but she wasn't that character. She's right. completely right. different character, but she was very good in it. Oh, yeah, she definitely yeah. is. She definitely was. Um, and I, I just, I'm so sorry. I just can't think of her last name right now. I know, I know. Um, there was also um, well, some of the other ones I like. Of course, I like all the old Universal, you know, yeah. the granddaddies of them all. You know, yeah. um, you know, and I and the thing is, that's really good about this. You know, the connections I've been able to make and everything. Um, there's a friend of mine was an author who's actually written very extensive and deeply, deeply detailed and researched books about that era. And I've had him on as a guest. The things that he knows about the movies and how they were made back then. I'm always fascinated with how movies are made. And I'm sure you've probably been fascinated by special effects people and some of the movies that you've done over time, um, how they do these things. Um, And he was just telling me in just a matter of years how they were able to take something very complicated and how they made up Boris Karloff to play Frankenstein to something much more basic a number of years later when Glenn Strange played the same part. Um, you know, the, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they were able to take uh, just, a lot of, we just oh. saw that too. Yeah. The other, the other, a couple nights ago, the one with the other guy. All right. Glenn Strange, Glenn Strange. Yes, yes. Right. Right. We, um, we yep. Um, an interesting bit of trivia too. Um, Cause they were also um, in the, uh, they used a lot of the same people that did the universal movies, like in the Abbott and Costello versions of them too. Um, the well, Abbott and Costello. A favorite. That's a yeah. favorite. What's that one called? Um, Abbott oh, and Abbott Costello meets Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Yep. Yes. An interesting bit of trivia because I like to watch, I don't know if you get a show called Spangooly. Yeah. We watch the- it every Saturday. We're huge fans. Me too. Every Saturday. Me yeah. too. I like how he brings in the trivia and facts. Yeah 
about these movies. And um, one thing I thought was interesting, and if you watch it closely, you'll notice there was one scene where um, Glenn Strange had to sit out because he had twisted his ankle or something and wasn't able to perform that day. And they actually put the Frankenstein stuff on Lon Chaney Jr. because he wasn't filming a Wolfman segment that day. I so didn't there was, know that. There was a scene where um, the Frankenstein monster throws the woman out the window in the lab. Mm-hmm. And um, Costello was tied down. And, of course, he's freaking out and trying to get out of there. But that was actually Lon Chaney Jr. instead of Glenn Strange in that scene because he had injured himself filming the day before. You know, don't you just oh, love the okay, stories? You're, talk, you're, you're talking about the Abbott and Costello film, then. The Abbott and Costello version. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, there was well, uh, Glenn Strange played the Frankenstein monster in Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, as well. And he actually, and that that one, he was blind. That's why he does that walking around with his arms out and everything. That was actually the first one where they did that, because in a previous movie, the character, the monster, was blinded by something. And, um, that's why he always walked around with his hands out. If you noticed in the earlier movies, he never did. He was I stiff, but I, this is the first time hearing that I had no idea. I study my Spinguli, you know, <laughs> very nice. yeah, he's, uh, it, it's just so interesting. The stories and the tidbits and everything. Um, and then, you know, we have the classics, you know, in the thirties and forties there, and then, like, when you get into the 50s, you kind of moved into the sci-fi, of course, the Ed Wood movies, you know, who could not love those? You, have you, you've seen, you know, like Plan 9 and some of those other ones, right? Did I ever see that? Um, I know I've seen, like, oh, I've seen, like, scenes, scenes, mm-hmm. but yeah. I, don't, I don't think I sat down to watch it. Yeah. The thing that's interesting about that is um, Bella Lugosi was in that and he passed away during production. So they continued filming. And what they did is they used an actor who looked like him from here up. And they just had him walk into the room whenever he had a scene with a cape over his face. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) that's how they were able to get away with that. Um, um, And then when you get into the sixties, you know, of course you have the sci-fi and then, you know, the hammer movies came out that were made over in England. Um, how about the, um, when they're getting into the seventies too, um, some of the ones I really enjoyed from the seventies were, um, of course, earlier on, you had a lot of the ones about evil spirits and possession, like the Omen, Rosemary's baby, the exorcist, um, then getting into the environmental disasters or the disasters in general. Yeah. Like, and, and in a lot of ways, you know, they're not really horror in the traditional sense but the antagonist like could natural natural disaster films <laughs> yeah yeah but then in a lot of ways you know the uh antagonist is it could be you know somebody not willing to listen to science somebody trying to get big for their britches like the towering inferno and of course what the hell could go wrong there right well a huge fire right and they had to get everybody out um like the airports um of course, the Poseidon Adventure, and then the other ones like Jaws. I loved, I loved the Poseidon Adventure. Yeah, that was a great one, wasn't it? It was great. It was really good. It was an all-star cast and good performances out of everybody, I thought. hmm And how about um, getting into, um, and then, of course, you know, Jaws, I think, inspired a lot of 
when animals attack style movies, like, cause there was the right. one about the bees. There was one about rabbits. There was one, you know, of course, Orca with jaws kind of ran parallel. And, um, you know, that, that was one that I really enjoyed a lot too. Um, had you seen both jaws and Orca? I, I did. I do remember seeing Orca with, uh, Richard Harris, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't seen it for probably a couple of decades, but I did see it and it was, it was good. And mm-hmm. of course, Jaws, I've seen, you know, over the years, I'll, I'll see it every, every now and again. And now Jaws really is a true classic. Mm-hmm. It's so good on so many, on so many levels. Right. Right. I love it. And the thing the another film that I like, which is not, it's, I wouldn't call it like, it it is horror, but I wouldn't call it straight horror. I I mean uh-huh. it's more sci-fi. Right, right. The thing, uh, John Carpenter's the thing. Oh yeah, I love, yeah. I love that film. It's so good. That was one of the ones when I was coming up in middle school and I had cable TV for the first time. The one of the ones I would you know try to uh, stay up to watch, you know, because there was always that one. And then um, another popular movie of that time was Reanimator. Did you like that one, or had you ever seen I- that? did see reanimator with barbara crampton and and um i have i have uh been able to socialize with barbara crampton um it's been uh lovely running into her every once in a blue moon and mm-hmm. um of course you know on instagram i follow her on instagram she's always posting uh you know um a throwback uh pictures from the reanimator and the other one that she's in too which is uh forget the name of it, but Jeffrey Combs is in that one too. And it's, it's another one. It's um like a sequel to reanimator. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so those films, those films, um, Cronenberg, it's Cronenberg, right? Mm-hmm. Th- those, those really, um, those were quite impactful, you know, mm-hmm. they're very memorable watching those when I was much younger and seeing those films is just blew my mind. The uh, special effects were, phenomenal oh they sure were they really were yeah and they really stand it really stands up and oh and so we were watching um my husband and i were watching uh some show about you know really you know people's favorite halloween films and what came up was uh the frighteners with Hmm. michael which is another that is definitely one of my all-time favorite like spooky films it's it's different and D Wallace is wonderful in it. And, uh, um, Busey, uh, what's his name? The actor, not Gary Busey, but the son. Oh, his son. Yeah. Um, Jake, is it Jake Busey? Something. Yes. Like that? I think it is. I think it is Jake. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and they are amazing. And Michael J. Fox and the ghosts, you know, the, the people that play the ghosts. I mean, that, that's a really, really well, well-made film. And, you know, of course now, of course, there's some amazing horror films that are made now more currently, uh, but there's something about around the 90s, in the 90s, they mm-hmm. were doing a lot of really good films. Now, I don't know, there's, I, I can't get into these films that are more like what they call torture porn, you know, with the Saw movies and, yeah, yeah. and those type of films where everybody's just screaming through the whole entire film and people are getting tortured the whole entire film. And mm-hmm. there's just limbs are being sawed off. And <laughs> yeah. Those kind of things. I don't know. I, me, I mean, I know there's a huge audience for that and there's, you know, 
there's obviously a, a huge fan base fan base for those mm-hmm. type of films. It doesn't really turn me on. I like films more like the Frighteners, and I mean, there's there's so many good films. It's just like you could be talking about these films for weeks, and mm-hmm. you wouldn't run out of material because there's so many really good ones. Oh, absolutely not. Um, there's a couple of indie films that I've really loved over the years and um, made by a filmmaker named Lance Weiler. And they were filmed here on the East Coast. And you see them every once in a while. Um, they, they've been on like the premium channels on cable, I think like Showtime or Cinemax or something once in a while. Um, he made two of them. Um, one of them was called The Last Broadcast. And it actually came out a year before Blair Witch did, and it was a found footage film. Oh. Yep, where a bunch of guys that ran a cable access TV show went out into the woods looking for the Jersey Devil. And uh, they didn't find the Jersey Devil, but they found a murderer out there. And um, what happened was the whole thing was, and the reason I mentioned it came out before Blair Witch was because a lot of the movie was watching footage that was found in cameras that was found laying on the ground. And they kind of pieced the story together that way. Right. And then another one was called head trauma where it was more of a psychological thriller as compared to like a slasher movie or anything like that. But um, you're watching this movie and a person, you know, comes back to town. He'd been a drifter getting ready to sell his deceased grandmother's house. And all these strange things are going on in the house while he's living there. And, um, he, um, it, I won't give away the ending, but it's well worth the watch. And, um, there's just a really, really brilliantly played twist in it, which I thought was really well done where just when you think you got the whole story down and you know, exactly what's going on, something just comes in and completely knocks you for a loop. And I thought that was really, you know, an interesting thing to put into a, you know, an interesting way to do a movie with such a twist like that. And, you know, you're just like, wow, wait a minute. How did I not see that? Then, of course, when you look back, but it's just like it really blew my mind and I really enjoyed it the first time I saw it. You know, um, so many different ways to make horror. You know, there's the psychological end. Of course, there's the graphic visual end of it as well. But I'm a little more partial to the psychological and the suspense part of it, too. You know? Yeah, me too. Yeah. You know, um, so um, I wanted to ask you a little bit, too. Um, you know, some of the things, you know, looking back, you know, you've got quite a resume on IMDb and, um, you know, all of the movies that you've made. You know, you can see everything that you've you know, just about everything that you've done on there. Um, let, let me let me ask you this. If, if there was a couple of them. That you could say, you know, when it's all said and done, and maybe if one day if somebody was writing, you know, your final obituary, what were the ones that you would say you would like to be remembered for the most? The ones that you may be the proudest of? Well, those films haven't been made yet. Okay. That's a good answer. That's a good answer. I have so many really great projects coming Mm -hmm. up. Yeah. That um that haven't been shot yet. Sure. Um, my friend John Rain, who who's wrote uh, Vampire Penance, mm-hmm. will be will be shooting that um, next year. Right. And also a western because um it's funny because people assume that horror films are 
are like, you know, my thing, like, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's my, no, you're, that's you're, my you've got a well-rounded resume. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. you do. But yeah. my, but my favorite genre is actually Westerns. Is that right? Is yes. that right? It, that is my favorite genre. Um, huh. I love Westerns. I can't get enough. I just love Westerns. So I, I was so thrilled that I finally got to be in a Western last year. Uh, the showdown in yesteryear film, but John Rain is writing and directing a film um, called Bullets for Jesus, hmm. uh, Killing for the Lord, and that will also be probably filmed next year. Mm -hmm. And I have a juicy role in that. And um, and then there's also a few other films that he has. The Vampire Penance film. It's actually a trilogy. So we'll be mm -hmm. shooting the first one next year, but there's a, a prequel and a sequel to that film. So I'm not sure if we're shooting all of those next year or, or in the next, within the next couple of years. Right. But there's, there's also a crime drama that I'll be in that um, he's writing and directing. So I have, you know, at least the next few years where I'll be working with John Rain. And well, wonderful. Thank you. Yes, I agree. It is wonderful. And also next year, I'll be working with a filmmaker. His name's Chase Dudley. He's right now he's shooting a film called Locked In mm -hmm. starring Robert Mukes. But um, next year, there's a film that I'll be in. Um, I don't want to say too much about it because he hasn't made like the official announcements yet. But then there's a film that he'll be filming after that, which I also uh, in that one, I have a leading role in, so I'll be working with him next year and, and then whenever he does the other one. So I have, oh, and then I have some other um, very exciting projects with um, a writer filmmaker named Mikey Tiffany, and those are sci-fi animated fantasy films. Okay, so, so they're anim so you'll be doing voice mostly? Um it's a mix it's okay. live action mixed with animation and there's a few there's a few projects and they're all interrelated mm -hmm. so i will be part of each one of these and so those uh i don't know if the the films if anything will be shot next year or if it'll be the following year but it's not too far off in the future and there's there's um like a bunch of these projects so mm -hmm. But those are going to be incredibly exciting to work on. So I've got I've got westerns, westerns and sci-fi and crime dramas coming up. Oh, and also Todd Ernest Braley, who I just worked with last year on on a, that film you like to draw. We will be shooting a film called I believe the title is On a Blue Day, and mm -hmm. that's about a young girl with autism. Oh, okay. So that's another family drama that I will be in. So I have, and then of course there are a few horror films that I will also be in in the future. So, mm -hmm. so when it comes to legacy, the legacy hasn't happened yet, but mm -hmm. it is, it's very close to happening. So I will feel, I really feel that these, next handful of projects that I will be starring in are, are going to be projects where I, I will feel like, okay, now, now I'm doing the type of work mm -hmm. that, that I really have been wanting to do starting last year with you like to draw um, 
the story about the girl with the traumatic brain injury. Yeah. Yep. I can't I can't wait for people to see it. It's it's mm-hmm. very touching. It's very there's a lot of dynamics to it. And so, you know, my um my tenure of doing um comedy horrors cuz mainly the films I did in the 80s and 90s were mostly comedy horrors, not mm-hmm. not true horror. There were a couple films that that would be categorized as actual real horror films, but a lot of them were comedies. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, the people that know me say, "Oh my God, I want, you, I wish you would do more comedies." And I'm like, "Well, you know, I'm waiting for people to <laughs> cast me in more comedies." But easier deceased, said than done, you know. <laughs> the deceased, the deceased won't desist, which is will be available very soon um that is a comedy it's pretty it's pretty darn funny uh but it's got it's got it's a murder mystery comedy so there are a few gruesome deaths in it but mm-hmm. um but yeah you know i really enjoy having a good variety of of different types of films you know i think i think i would be bored to tears if i was uh just doing the same genre like mm-hmm. forever i think i you know i'd be like oh Okay, I can't handle another slasher film. <laughs> I hear you. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. And, and when, I, it, I, when, when I'm able to get it, when I'm able to mix it up, you know, westerns, family mm. dramas, a few horror films sprinkled in, you know, for good mm. measure, you know, and and all the films that I'm attached to coming up, they're all really good quality films, and and some of them are will have a list actors, so. That's very exciting. Well, good, good. That's great to hear. That's great to Thank hear. You. And um, and that, that that's awesome that you know you, you've got you know all these things to look forward to and everything. We're going to be seeing a lot of you. It sounds like. Thank um, you. Yep. Do you have? Let me ask you this. Um, and and I know you know you you've been working with a lot of different people over the years. Um, do you have any bucket lists? as far as people you'd like to work with, I know um, you, you pretty much kind of answered that you like to do all different genres of films. So that would be like one sort of bucket list there, which you sort of already answered for us, but um, are there people in particular that you've been really wanting to work with over the years or uh, any directors or directors other- or other actors or anybody in any capacity? Well, I, I, I totally have a bucket list for actors. Um, uh, and then there's actresses who I I'm just obsessed about, you know, like Emily Blunt, and I I love uh, Ka- um, Karen Gillian, and I'm probably saying her last name wrong, and uh, you know Emma Stone and and people like that, and Kate Blanchett, and just there's there's you know I mean ugh, there's so many like amazing. Uh, actresses and you know as as far as more like a independent film actress you know actress who are mainly doing independent things I there's a lot of friends that you know we say to each other oh I want to work with you and there's like I want to work with you too and directors like I have a friend named Harley uh uh Wallen and his wife Katie Wallen and they're doing all sorts of projects and and we've been talking about and he's a writer director and and that Katie, uh, along with Harley, their producers, you know, they produce these uh, a lot of these films, and they they have an award winning series called um, Tale of Tales, which is uh, like tale on an animal and tale mm-hmm. of 
in a tale like a story. So they have this uh, Tale of Tales series on Tubi, which is doing incredibly well. So we we keep talking about working together. So it'll happen. And uh, as far as like, uh, you know, people like, of course, who wouldn't want to work with Nicolas Cage? Oh, sure. And, um, and, uh, you know, Christopher Walken and <laughs> sure legends. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and it's so funny because I have so many actor friends who've worked and director friends mm-hmm. who've worked with Eric Roberts. And I, I've had a couple of close calls of working on a film with Eric Roberts, but I have not worked with Eric Roberts. And mm-hmm. I'm like, all my friends have worked with Eric Roberts. One of these days I will work with Eric Roberts, you yeah. know, cause he's, he's a, he's amazing. And he, he continues to be amazing. I I've seen him. It doesn't matter what level of film he's in because he, he, he dabbles in all different levels of film, but uh, he's always very good. He's always very good. And he Tom Sizemore. Um, I actually was in a film that Tom Sizemore had a little cameo in. It's a film called The Lich. It's a little low budget film by uh, made by my friend uh, uh, James Balsamo, who's very funny and very clever. Mm-hmm. And um, I just had a little role in it. Tom Sizemore did this cameo. It was so funny. I'm like, how did you get Tom Sizemore to do a cameo in your film? But uh, James Balsamo, he has a talent for uh, roping people into doing cameos in his film. But, you know, people like Tom Sizemore, I saw Tom Sizemore, speaking of my friend Harley and Kitty Wallen, um, Tom Sizemore was in one of their films. And, oh, gosh, uh, uh, is which one was it? Um, it was, he was really, he was amazing in it. And uh, I, I, I can see the title in my head, but my, <laughs> yeah. my brain's not working where I can tell you what the title is, but, mm-hmm. but anyway, he's, he's very good in it. So, you know, just these amazing actors, there's too many, there's too many to, mm-hmm. to, I mean, I, I don't know because I, my brain starts to smoke when I think about <laughs> all the, all, all the, the possibilities yeah to work with you know mm-hmm. but but um i have worked with people who are absolutely amazing i mean i i have i don't think people um really realize the amazing people i've worked with i mean some people of course know like catherine bigelow i was in point break and i worked with catherine bigelow and i was in a scene with Keanu Reeves and Lori Petty and I was talking to them and um I mean I'm just the fire eater in the movie but still mm-hmm. I was there and I was you know not like talking to Patrick Swayze but I was in the, watching him <laughs> and you know Wait. I worked with Paul Verhoeven I mean I've worked with some um just top top drawer directors uh legends you know mm-hmm. David, David Lynch, you know, I was in wild at heart and, you know, I had a teensy role where I was fire eating in the background in this big scene. Um, but I've worked with some real, real legends, John, John Hughes. I was in, I worked on planes, trains, and automobiles. Yes. Yes. My scene got cut, but Mm -hmm. I worked with John Hughes. I worked in a scene with John Candy, 
and Steve Martin. I was in a mm-hmm. big scene with them where I was improving this whole scene. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's unfortunately I I I got left on the cutting room floor. But there's there's a version floating around out there that I am in. Yep. Yep. Oh, you know about that? Did I? Yeah. Did we talked about this last time? You did. You did mention it last time, but I wanted to tell you a little bit more about that because I found out a little bit more. Um, You did? Yes. I had Chris Candy on the show, uh, John's oldest son or youngest, youngest child, only son, uh, Chris. And one thing that he told me was that um, you could probably make, he said, and no doubt, you could probably make about seven planes, trains, and automobiles with all the footage they shot, he said it was probably yeah. one of the most overshot movies ever. I and, I don't, that too, yeah. Yeah. and I don't know if I told you this, but there was a scene because I had Larry Hankin as a guest and um, Larry, I'm sure, you know, from he's been in everything. Uh, he was the fake Kramer on um, Seinfeld when they were. Okay. Yeah. Played yeah. Uh, Doobie, the cab driver in planes, trains and automobiles. Um, okay. He picked him up in Wichita and was taken to that little hotel. Well, uh-huh. there was footage of that that Larry told me about where they filmed an entire 10-hour day. It was the three of them in that cab improvising. Oh. And when they actually made a film of that, um, they shaved it down to about a half hour, 45 minutes. And I think one of either the directors, either Cameron or Hughes, had a party at his house, and they showed that footage. Yeah, and that was the only that. time it was ever released. It never went out on a DVD or anything. Yeah, you told me the story, but but yeah. did I tell you about? I have had two people now tell me that they saw me both both stories. They were mm-hmm. in Canada at the time, but yes. different times. Mm-hmm. I took so it's out there. It's there's some version of planes, trains, and automobiles playing on Canadian TV. Yep, mm-hmm. and it's out there because I had. Two people now tell me, I saw you on TV and I was Mm -hmm. in Canada and you were in this scene and they told me what the scene was. I'm like, yep, that's the scene. So Mm -hmm. it exists. It does exist. It's like, it's like aliens. It does exist. (laughs) Well, listeners, if you get, if you ever get your hands on that footage, somebody here would love to see it. Somebody here would love to have a copy of it here. So, um, you know, make yeah. sure you let me know, hit me up and I'll make sure it gets in Deborah's hands. If you ever get a hold of it. So, uh, most definitely, most definitely. So, well, Deborah, yeah. I appreciate yeah. you uh, coming back again. Um, unfortunately we're going to have to wrap it up right about now, okay. but it was just great to have you and to hear about what's new and everything at this Thank point, you. I would like to give you your shameless plug. This is the shameless plug portion of the program where you may shamelessly plug anything you'd like to shamelessly plug with no shamelessness spared and all shamelessness included. So have at it. Wow. That was good. Is that like Peter Piper picked the pickled peppers? Uh, I'm not that good. I don't know. <laughs> now, but before, before we go though, uh, favorite mm-hmm. Halloween candy, favorite Halloween candy. Um, boy. Um, I know the ones that I, I was just like pretty much like the miniature, any miniature of the standards of the classics, like any of the miniature Milky Way, Three Musketeers, or Hershey bars are good with me. Snickers. Snickers, yeah, yeah. Yep. How about you? Um, yeah, I I love any of the chocolate little miniature candy bars, any of them. Mm-hmm. Uh Milky Way is a good one. Um 
But uh, but dots, I love dots. Yeah, yeah, dots, dots. Um, dots. I also started to like. Um, every once in a while, you would get um, Malamars. I think they're mallow cups. They're like Reese's cups, but they have marshmallow. Reese's Reese's cups. Reese's cups. Mm -hmm. Hands down. My favorite. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know what? And this is here. I'll I'll tell you something that would sound like a horror movie here. Um, I think there was a scene like this in Poltergeist. Um, Believe it or not. One time um, for Halloween candy, I got um, the miniature. Um, three uh, or Reese's cups, the miniature Reese's cups. Yeah. Um, like the ones that are about the size of a quarter, you the know, little, little yeah. tiny ones. Yeah. I bit into it and there were maggots in it. No. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I went to my mother and was it in a package? I mean, yes, it was wrapped, but apparently I don't know how that happened, but, um, we op- we broke another one open too, and it was in. I guess they must have come from the same house. Maybe the people had them oh, sitting were- out or something. Wait, were you a kid trick or treating? Yeah. How does that happen in a sealed bag? I don't know. Maybe I'm. I'm thinking maybe. Um, I don't know how it happened. Um, I just know I bit into it and I saw what I saw. My mother saw it too. And she called the doctor in the middle of the night. You know, that was back when you, you could just call it? the doctor. Oh, well, no, I spit it out. Oh, yeah, that was like, you bit it. You bit I, it. I bit it. You know, you know, like you bite something and then you look at it, you know, and then I was like, but, don't, but those are little. Don't you pop the whole thing in your mouth? Well, yeah. I mean, the Lord knows how many of them I ate before that. <laughs> so you, you were actively eating them. So you had already eaten a few. Oh yeah, yeah. We were we were finished trick or treating. We were watching TV were, and eating our candy. You were just pounding down the candy, and yep. then you just happen to look at it, and there are maggots. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, that was rough. That was rough. And okay, um, I'm going to be checking my candy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as if razor blade, as if the threat of razor blades and pins isn't bad enough. You know, <laughs> we've got. Yeah, I, I'm just speculating that maybe they had it sitting out for a number of days or something, and you know, oh, or no, maybe maybe flies got into the packaging. Like maybe you know they come in a plastic bag. Maybe in the factory, flies got in there and were able something. to wait. Yeah, but oh boy, was that yeah that was rough. And I tell you, right after that, I turned into the Exorcist girl. <laughs> oh, did you, did you projectile oh, I was, vomit. I went full Mr. Creosote from Monty Python, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Care for a mint? Exactly. Way for a thin. <laughs> yes. What yeah. we have to we have to have you come back once sometime and talk comedy okay. classics, you know. Um yeah. you know, I got to tell you I, I really enjoy fo- you know I follow you on Facebook and I'm rooting for you every time I see yeah, that you get yeah. a project or I something. I, I see you. I see you, you know, liking my stuff and once in a while you say something and I I I also follow you too, and, and well, thank you. So you're the one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one one last thing. Okay, mm-hmm. my my very most horror film that scares the bejesus out of me mm-hmm. just terrifies me. When I was you know younger, because now you know horror films don't really scare me too much now. But mm-hmm. when I was younger, was was um, the Amityville Horror, the oh, original horror. one. Mm-hmm. Now, the one with uh, 
what's her face and what's his face oh um the oh the, the guy was it the Margaret guy who was Margaret Kidder and Bolin yeah, yeah. the Brolin, guy that Brolin, Brolin. Brolin yeah James, Brolin James, James Brolin, Brolin. Yeah. yeah okay that's that's my number one what's your number one number one boy um I mean the exorcist of course but <laughs> Am- Amityville Horror I gotta say really got me mm-hmm. I have to say my best my favorite one of all time and that's a tough question um I would have to say probably um just in terms of the way it was made and everything um head trauma by Lance Weiler what's it called what Which head one? trauma by Lance head Weiler I, I, I described that one to you a little bit it was an indie film that was made in Philly about 15 oh, years that, ago that yeah one that you told me about already yeah okay yeah. sorry I yep. didn't haven't heard of that one but yeah yeah well it's like I said it was um a smaller you know, production, a smaller distribution and everything. Well, what but, about um, a big, a bigger one that people have, that a wider audience has. Oh, has a wide, okay. Something like that. Um, yeah. Something that I would have heard of. Okay. When I was, um, I used to spend the night at my grandmother's when I was a kid and um, they were pretty, she was pretty cool with me staying up and watching TV and she had the, you know, like a spare room I used to stay in. And there was a little black and white television in there. So it was dark. It was around one o'clock in the morning. I laid down in bed and I just reached over and turned the little knob to the black and white TV. And there was a scene in a movie called Beyond the Door. It was a very, it was very close to The Exorcist. It was one, it was a possession movie. But you see this woman sitting there and she had like she actually kind of even looked like Reagan from The Exorcist. She's kind of sitting there and um, like she looks down and then she looks up and then she looks weird because the demon is coming out, you know, and she just like looks at somebody and goes, who are you? And that was like right when I turned the TV on, the screen (laughs) pops up and all of a sudden I see this lady. She like looks up and goes, who are you? And I was like, ah! and I just flipped the screen. I like turned it off for a second. Then my grandmother said, what are you watching in there? And I said, I don't know. So she got the TV guy. She goes, Oh, beyond the door. Oh, have fun with that. You know? And, um, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. Another one I've never heard of. Yeah. It was called beyond the door, but it, it also had, um, it was also distributed under another title, which I can't remember right now. There have been people that I've brought it up to before that have known it by the other title. I just can't think of what it is right now, but um, it was like basically an exorcist that, that, that kind of scared the hell out of me. But I got to tell you, let me tell you my favorite horror um, thing of all time. In uh, 1987, I was 18 years old and I come home. I had a job. Um, came home on a Saturday night and I used to just kind of take it easy in my room because by the time I got home from work, all my friends were already gone, you know, they were at partying or whatever. There were no cell phones or so sometimes what I would do if I would work late on Saturdays is I would go to some of the theaters and a bunch of theaters around Baltimore would either show on Saturdays at midnight, they'd either show Rocky horror or they'd show pink Floyd, the wall. And I'd just go out and do that. You know, I'd, so then I, I get in my room, I sit on my bed and I'm ready to relax for a little bit. Then I hear this ad and it says, 
you know, um, back in those, that was like right when Faces of Death came out. And Faces of Death came out, and there was like that big warning on Faces of Death that said banned in like 198 countries. I think probably more countries than we actually have. And it says um, this movie is the worst movie ever, and it's uh, as far as gore, and it is shocking, and there will be no pregnant women allowed, and there will be nobody with heart conditions allowed, and absolutely nobody under 18 will be permitted to see this film. And I was like, now I know what I'm doing tonight. So um, I went and I got in the car and I got to the theater and it was the Evil Dead Part Two. That's how they oh, marketed okay. it. And oh, okay. so I, I get I'm in there. Sure. I'm not positive if I've seen that one. I think I did, but I yeah. don't remember. Bruce Campbell. And yeah, yeah. Oh, I think I did see it. Yeah. And so I, I go in there and I get my big Pepsi and I get my big popcorn and I'm sitting there and I'm like ready to watch this thing. And I'm like, yes, here we go. Give it to me. You know, by 10 minutes into that movie, I was laughing so hard. I had tears running down my face and I couldn't even breathe. That was like the best marketing of a movie ever. The best marketing of a movie ever. So, um, yep. So again, Deborah, thank you again so much. It's been wonderful having you again. Wonderful to see you. You're looking great. You're doing Thank well. You. I'll, I'll yeah. have to do my shameless plugging next time. Okay. Well, now you can go ahead and do it real quick if you want. Well, go for just, it. Um, I already talked about stuff coming up. I got, you know, I got, okay. I got all films I'm doing next year. I have films coming out. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, busy. We, we, we covered it. We covered we, it. Okay. okay. Go follow me on Instagram. I'm the Deborah Lamb. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and of course, I'm on Facebook, but. But uh, everybody, please um, subscribe to my YouTube channel. That would be that would be really nice. Okay, great, great. Well, folks, you heard her here. She came back to visit us again, and it was you know, I've been looking forward to having you back, Deborah. It was absolutely I'm wonderful. Forward to seeing you guys again. Of course, your your partner in crime isn't there tonight, but yeah, unfortunately, okay. he couldn't make it tonight. But he does send his regards. You know, he okay. definitely sends his regards. So, folks, we've had Deborah Lamb here on Foul Players Radio. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next time. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. (laughs) So here we go.